I started doing this triathlons and, and endurance sports, ultra runs, just to test my soul, to see what I'm about, to see in a 150 mile race at mile 75 when I feel really bad, that's when you know, that's the only time you can find out what the human body is all about, what, what you're made of, to find out limits to myself, limits to the human soul. And every day I'm trying to see if I have limits. So I'm not sadistic, man. I'm focused on what I have to do to stay locked into the game of life. And that's what, and that's why I tell people, man, I, I, I go there. I go there. That's one of the reasons why this book is so good is because you're so honest about your vulnerabilities and how you overcome them. And for people that see someone who's a beast, who's done great things, you just assume that they're different than you. Right. But then you hear about your insecurities and your pitfalls and all the things that went wrong with you. And you realize, well, God damn it, those are the same things that go wrong with me. Like maybe I have that inside of me and I've just never summoned it. Right. And I, I'll tell you this. I started really realizing that when I started overcoming myself, I started getting around these real alpha males, these hard, hard men. And I always put people way above me when I was growing up. Like, my God, they had to have a lot more than me to get to where they're at. And a lot of them did. But once you get around the, the best of the best of the best people, you can kind of start breaking them down and realizing, man, you, you're just as fucked up as me. Like, like we all have, <laughs> but all you did was you hit it better. Your, your, your upbringing, your mom and dad, your society, the way you were raised, it hit it better than, than, than mine. You weren't the only black kid or there was like five in, in a school. You know, I can't hide going through buds. I was the only black kid. You can't hide. But I started realizing just because I look different than you, a lot of you motherfuckers can't hide either. So it started giving me courage through watching people that we all have a story. We all have a jacked up life in one way or another. Some of us don't have the guts to talk about it, though. And that's where I found the guts to talk about mine. Welcome back to episode 80 of the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. Today in the podcast, we're going to listen to an interview from the Joe Rogan Experience. And the interview is uh, David Goggins, who, as you know, is an ultramarathoner, a Navy SEAL, and all-around badass dude. And he just put a book out that's called Can't Hurt Me, Master Your Mind, and Defy the Odds. So I'll repeat it. Can't Hurt Me, Master Your Mind, and Defy the Odds. It's an audio book and a regular paperback book. And it's pretty amazing. I'm actually planning on buying it right now. I'll put a link in the description. I highly recommend uh, people listening to this podcast. This is one of those must-listens. And just a quick show note, this episode 80 with David Goggins has just been uploaded into my new YouTube channel. So you'll hear this same exact podcast with the accompanying video uh, for this episode. So in other words, you will see video that I've edited and put up on YouTube, which actually synchronizes with the show to make it a great audio video experience and going forward the podcast continues as it is as a normal audio podcast however the new episodes coming up are actually going to be uploaded as a podcast and as a youtube video if you want to have that video experience so i am starting to get some listens uh, and some views hits on youtube which is great i'd like to get the podcast and the youtube going so that one can feed the other so it's going to continue as a podcast 
and I'm adding uh, the new YouTube videos as I move forward. Make it a point to get on YouTube to my channel, Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast, and you will see this episode 80 with David Goggins. And I did another one on, on the Anunnaki, one of my prior episodes, uh, Gary V. And I did one on Bill Burr, which they're pretty good, good videos. And I'm learning the video editing, so it's coming out really nice. So again, it's going to continue as a normal podcast. And as each episode comes out, it's going to have an accompanying YouTube video. So go check it out. David Goggins is just amazing. He overcame really tough circumstances from his upbringing. And he basically used that difficult upbringing as fuel to burn his path to success and to have a great life and to become a navy seal and all-around badass dude successful super successful guy but not just monetarily successful but he conquered the self and as you listen to him speak he gets really really deep into the mind if you notice he really is all about the mind and you know really discovering the self and looking into the self without you know people's opinions or feelings or what they have to say or whatever their approval that that you might be looking to from them he really is a self-driven dude and he's he's amazing so i highly recommend you give this a good listen it's a must listen and also i would recommend you go into if you don't know a lot about him i I recommend you look into him and check out his his bio and what he's achieved the dude is is really literally superman he in addition to like doing the most pull-ups ever and guinness world book of records and all types of um records that he holds he ran 100 mile marathon eight consecutive weekends so in eight weeks he ran 800 miles in addition to some other crazy stuff the guy the guy's something else man and he really for those of us that think that we you know we we can achieve or can achieve or whatever end of the spectrum you fall on you need to listen to him so you can uh, really understand how another person is able to achieve tremendous tremendous success in life and overcoming the mind and overcoming the self so let's get into it and of course everything in this podcast is fair use creative commons use check it out also much love to my brothers and sisters out in paris france for fighting the good fight and the struggle for the working man keep it up and uh yeah much love from brooklyn well there's some there's purity in physical pursuits Right, because it doesn't matter what your social status is. It doesn't matter how people perceive you. When it when it comes down to how long can you stay in that pool, when it comes down to how far can you run, right. when it comes down to how much can you push yourself past the part where you want to quit, right. how far can you keep going? There's a purity in that that it, it, it dissolves social order, all that bullshit, all the what people think about you goes out the window. It's what who who are you right now? That's right. Who are you right now? That's a true statement, man. And I look at it as, as, as psychological warfare. And that's where I started learning that, that life is one big psychological warfare that you play on yourself. You play on yourself, man. The most important conversation I ever had my, with, is, is with myself. And the shit I was telling myself was so fucked up. It was so wrong. It was so misguided. And other people start to write that dialogue for you also. And it starts to be what you say to yourself every single day. And I started creating a whole nother warfare. A whole another battle started becoming. I was like, oh, hang on a second, Goggins. You have these tools. You have these tools. Your life was basically the perfect, the perfect grounds for training for where you need to go in your life. All the beatings, all the all the bullying, 
all the, you know, you going through uh, learning disabilities, all the struggles. It was the absolute perfect training ground for you to go to where you need to go. And that's how I started looking at my life versus woe is me, poopy pants, kick a rock down the street mentality. It was, nah, God just hooked you right the fuck up. He hooked you right up, man, with the perfect place. You were training for the first 18, 19, 20. You were training for this stuff, man. You have the advantage of everybody else versus, my God, they're so above me. They came from a great family. Mom and dad love them. They didn't have a learn. They didn't stutter. They didn't struggle. No, man, your struggle is what made you who you are now. So I started flipping this into a whole different. I started being a master of what I was scared of. I was scared of my mind. And I became a, literally a master of that mind. And that's what now, from now on, it sets me apart from most people. I started diving into that. Well, that is a, a big part of the stories when you go over your childhood and, you know, your abusive father and then having this great guy that was going to become your stepdad and then he gets murdered. It's like right when you're about to get out of it, everything right. looks good. Boom. And then he gets murdered. It's like these things really did sort of set you up to start from scratch again and just go, okay, roger that. We start from scratch. Right. And now you have that attitude. You developed it through all of these horrible personal experiences, all the trials and tribulations, all the evil shit that people try to do to you. That sort of set you up to be able to deal right. in a way that a lot of people can't. Well, I used to look at my life from a different vantage point. And when you're, when you're in all the muck and you're just walking in muck and walking in muck and walking in muck, you don't see that if you look off to the fucking left of the muck, there's a sidewalk, brother. Get off, get off of it. You, you have your head down looking in this muck. Once I saw the sidewalk, got the sidewalk, I got a little break and I got a different vantage point. And then from the sidewalk, I found a cliff. Then I found a mountain. I got way up high on top of my life and looked back down on it and said, okay, I got to figure this out, man. I'm not going anywhere. I'm starting to lie. I'm starting like, so when you have a messed up foundation, I started lying about everything. I wanted people to like me. I wanted to be accepted in some society of life, some social society. And I, and I, I was like, man, this isn't the right way. I messed up here. I messed up here. I messed up everywhere. And so I realized the worst thing that happened to me is I lost myself. I never had myself. I never found myself. I had no self-esteem. So I knew through working out, and through learning, cause I, it, it took a lot for me to learn also. I started finding self-esteem. Once I found that, that's when doors started opening up. I started, I stopped caring about people that what they thought being judged. Wow. If I say this, if I started right now, are you gonna make fun of me? I stopped caring about that. And that's when my life started really changing for me slowly but surely. That, and that's such an important point when you're talking about the working out, because a lot of people, when they think about working out, they think of it as being a physical thing. Right. No, no. I did it for mental. Yeah. People always say, my God, like, no, don't, don't look at it. Like I didn't care about losing weight. I didn't care about being the fastest person. I didn't care about, I wasn't making the Olympics. I wasn't going to pros. I could barely read and write when I was in a, a junior in high school. I wasn't going anywhere. I saw working out as a way for me to build calluses on my mind. I had to callous over the victim's mentality. So I watched these movies. I, you know, I talked about Rocky last time I was on here. I always equated training to mental toughening. Like, it always looked brutal. People waking up early and doing all these things. And it, looked, it looked horrible. And I was like, wow, man, I got to start doing that. Not to get better, bigger, and stronger, but that is what's going to build me. That looks uncomfortable. That looks brutal. And getting up early, I don't want to do that. So I made this long list of things I don't want to do. And through that, I found myself. I started, like, I'm like, you guys aren't doing this shit in high school. 
you guys are getting up at five o'clock in the morning, running over here in this golf course. So I started seeing myself very differently than the average human being. I was like, hold on a second. I have something they don't have. And that's when I started to develop these things through working out. It was this great, never-ending work ethic. And through work ethic, I developed self-esteem. Now, is this something that you learned? Is this something you learned yourself from, from exercise yourself? Or is this something you had read or heard about? Like, what made you equate this doing this and doing these difficult things physically to mental toughness to being this is the discipline that you need in order to get your life out of the situation you're in so i never read anything you know i I could barely read you know so i wasn't reading back then i just saw i watched a lot of movies and i was really big into visualization and um i always equated working out to struggle and i struggled my whole life but i ran from it so I started realizing, man, I got to start facing the struggle and I got to be mentally strong for the struggle. So that's why I started coming up with like, I, I'm training for life. Mentally, I'm training for life. I'm not training for like to, to lift 400 pounds. And I found out on my own pretty much is that through this, through, through discipline, through self-discipline, through repetition, through tons of repetition, the same thing that you don't want to do. And that's, the, and that's the key thing. Through repetition, the things you don't want to do, you develop mental uh, like an armor for your mind. Start to armor your mind. Cause your mind's like, okay, we suffer. We suffer every day. It's what we do. We do stuff that sucks every day. So then when the suck stuff comes, you're ready for it. And that's how I started coming up. You know, I just started being very uncomfortable. And now I'm, it's like a, just a way of life. It's a crazy thing to figure out though. It's like that you figured it out and you didn't just figure it out. You embraced it. Like when you were talking about your senior year of high school, when you're talking about your your mirror being your accountability mirror, like you had a radical shift. Mm-hmm. Like you just decided to not be a fucking loser right. and to start tightening up and start holding yourself accountable and, and get ready for things. So I had this my whole life. I mean, I don't know if people believe in God or what. I don't care what you believe in. There's been this unrelenting voice in my head. We all have this voice. It's the right or wrong voice. And a lot of times that voice guides us into comfort. And my voice guided me into comfort a lot. But I had this other voice I heard my whole life saying, hey, motherfucker, what are you doing? No, nah, man, we got to go over here. We got to go over here to, to that rock pile over in the fucking corner where nobody's at. That's, that's where victory's at. We're over there in that corner. So this voice was giving me all these answers. Now, I wasn't a real smart kid growing up, but I had this crazy voice in my head saying, over there is where the fucking answers are. And I wouldn't listen to it because over there was pain. Over there was me looking in the mirror. Over there was me being accountable for all these things that went through my life. Even though people put them on me, it's now mine to own. And I didn't want to go over there by myself, but I had to. And this voice was guiding me there. It's God, whatever you want to call it. Um, but that's what that's what it was in me. Do you think that's just what you when you separate yourself from your ego and what what you were your insecurities and all you like if you were giving yourself advice, you would say that's what the thing is to do. So do you think that's what it was like your subconscious or the, you stripped away from all the bullshit when you couldn't lie to yourself because it's a voice in your head? That's exactly it. It's exactly it. Cause it, just, it knew it knew I was a character. Even if a samurai's head were to be suddenly cut off, he should still be able to perform one more action with certainty. If one becomes like a revengeful ghost and shows great determination, though his head is cut off, he should not die. Ask up and throw you in the fucking water and say swim. 
ah, it was like throwing a cat in the water with fucking a brick on him. So I was just losing my fucking mind. So it's so many things I had to get over, you know, and I, and I, and I found humor. I found humor in my suffering. I was like, motherfucker, what are you doing out here, Goggins? Like, this is crazy. Like, you're, you're literally trying to reinvent the wheel. But I was trying to reinvent my mind. I was trying to reinvent my mind. And I used every single tactic possible to do that. I didn't want to live, you know, live in this world where I was a fake human being anymore. And I was tired of blaming everybody for where I was at. My dad beat me. This happened. I mean, my dad ran prostitutes, man. My dad literally snatched the soul out of my mom. Like, my mom is still battling. Like, after my mom left my dad, and this is what I'll talk about in the book. She got married three times for a total of six months. You know, mm. I, and I don't go there. And I, I'm not even going to talk about the guy she married. So this woman, was she, she's beautiful. She's, she's so smart. All this stuff, man. This guy literally stripped her soul away. And I, and I was a young kid watching it. And I had no soul to begin with. And my, and my brother, he has a story that, that he could write eight books. You know, my, my dad just came through and just washed us all clean. So to, to, to Is come he out. still around? He died about four years ago. Four or five years ago. I'm not for sure. I, I didn't go to the funeral, but I forgave him. So I saw my dad through an eight-year-old's eyes. So, so we left when I was eight. And then at 22, I went back to see him through a grown man's eyes. And he was the same person I remembered. But I had to. You can't live with hate. You cannot move forward. As much as that guy tried to ruin all of our lives, that's where I came from. I had to, I had to figure out the origin of where I started from. So when I was going back through my life trying to fix who I am, the fucked up person I was, like, if your knee hurts, it's usually not your fucking knee that's hurting. There's something else, man. Like, it could be a tight quad. It could be the right leg. If it's the left leg, you got to find out the origin of where all this shit began. And I, it, it was him. So I had to go back to where, you know, my, my roots and, and the origin of all this happened. And it's hard to do that. Did you make peace with him? I made big peace with so we didn't have a peaceful conversation. We, you know, we, we, we left very granimal. He's a, he's a, he's a vicious man. He, he, he was a vicious man. I mean, medieval motherfucker. So I had become a medieval motherfucker at that time. I was 22 and I was a big boy. And so I was no longer the guy who was afraid. It was not like, Hey, I want to kill you type of shit. And we were sitting at Denny's after an all night skate or whatever the hell, you know, he, he owned bars and skating rinks and shit like that. And, so we were sitting down and we kind of got into it and I just kind of left. And, but I had to make peace with it in myself. I, I, I could not hold on to that hate because holding on to that hate was half the reason why I kept falling into the same pattern of failing. I had to get, I had to start dumping off some baggage. I had to start figuring out me through him. And that's all he was there for. He was the origin. I, I, I had to figure him out, figure out why he was so evil to my mom, to me, my brother. And I had to start studying him. Like, a lot of people have situations where someone does something and we all attack that person, like, like on the media. If someone does something wrong, everybody now is fucking perfect. And we now judge this guy. I don't judge him. I don't judge anybody. What I do is I start studying them. Why did they do that? Not in a judging way. I want to learn from you. And what did you get out of your dad? I got that he, was, he grew up rough. He, had, he was very insecure, had a lot of kids. And his insecurities just trickled over onto us. So, yeah, he jacked us up real good, but he never fixed himself. So if you never fix yourself, the next person in line is going to get the wrath. And we were next in line. You know, his his first wife, you know, killed herself or whatever happened and, you know, got burned up in a house or something. It's some craziness. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes on there that I didn't put in the book because 
I don't feel like going to court. Yeah. But um, yeah, this uh, it was it was a lot of stuff. You know, one of the great parts about this book is that you you detail exactly what was going through your mind in terms of like your weaknesses and how you had failed, and and then you it's not just one time. Like you you do the thing in high school where you get your shit together, and then you join the military, and then you wind up getting fat again. And then when you go, you, when you have to lose what was one hundred and six pounds yeah. in three months yep. to 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 qualify for SEAL training. For SEAL training, yep. That's insane. Yeah, because what I realized at that time, once again, I failed again. I thought so. What you're talking about is I took this ASVAB test. You know, I didn't know how to read and write pretty much in high school. I was like a fourth grade reading level, and I took that test a few times, and I finally passed it. And when I passed it, I actually drove my car to the <laughs> to the Dagon um, airport. And watched planes take off because I was like, I'm going to be on one of those planes one day going to Air Force boot camp. So I, I never – I always fixed the things on the surface. So if I couldn't read and write, I learned to read and write. I, I, I would always fix these things on the surface level. And so whenever something hard would, 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 like, would like raise his ugly head, I didn't have any kind of tools to handle it. I'm like, man, I thought I fixed this already, man. But no, I didn't go deep into the dungeon of my soul to say, okay – what is making you a quitter? What is making you a weak man? What is making you afraid? And so that's why I kept on quitting and going back to start or not knowing how to get through hard times. And that's why I was telling people, I'm not a theorist. I didn't study, like, you know, I didn't study a fucking book. I literally put myself in a fire repeatedly like a sword. You put a sword in a fire repeatedly and repeatedly. If, if you keep on doing that, you're going to get a nice sword. And then you keep on beating it. You got to beat the shit out of it. And that's what I am. <laughs> yeah. I, I became that. Mu- I, I, I said, okay, we, we, we can't quit. We got to figure out why you are this pussy. Why are you this pussy, man? What is wrong with you? What's going on here? So I kept on putting the sword back in the daggone fire and I just beat it harder. And I beat it harder. Before I knew it, I started realizing, hmm, all right, man, the brain is starting to get hard. The brain is starting to get hard. I'm no longer a theorist. I'm now a practitioner. I put it in hell. I dissected it while it's in hell because you can't dissect anything in a normal environment. You can't dissect anything in 72 degree weather. You must put it in the fucking freezer and freeze the fuck out of it. And then you dissect it. Dissect it when it's miserable. Dissect the brain when all it's thinking about is I need to get out of here, man. I want to get out of the fucking freezer. Open the door. And he said, nah. Five more seconds, man. Five more seconds in the freezer. And that's when you start to pick that brain apart. And that's what all this stuff did to me. I kept on putting myself back into the freezer or the fire and beating the shit out of myself, mentally and physically. Before I knew it, this is what happened. Wow. It's an interesting way to self-teach. You yes. know, like most people that, you know, you talk to that are disciplined – they, uh, you know, they have something that they read that inspired them. They have certain people that they look up to. There's certain, you know, coaches that taught them. There's certain important moments in their life. But for you, it's a, a system of failure and and reflection yes. and then rebooting. That's it. Yeah. Repeated failure. And people think a lot of times about me that I'm angry. Oh, my God, you sound so angry. You cuss so much. Oh, my God, why you cuss so much? Why are you so crazy? 
if you read my book, I cannot explain my life by saying, hey, it was a merry fucking Christmas, man. No, it wasn't. I want you to, I want you to go there with me. I'm taking you there with me. I'm, I'm a storyteller. I want to take your ass down paradise. Where I, so the house I lived in in Buffalo, New York, that I got my ass beat every day. Funny. We lived on Paradise Road. And it was anything but fucking paradise. So I want you to go there with me. You want to learn from me? Let me take your ass home. Let me take you there. So that's the whole thing about it, man. We're, we're scared to dive into our lives. What made us who we are? The beautiful people that we are. We're all jacked up in so many ways. That's the beauty of us. That's the beauty of me. I'm jacked up, but I figured out my own little process on how to get unjacked up and how to, I'm not going to get the same, you know, I'm not going to get the same way you're going to get there. You may get there by going point A to point B. I might go point C to D to E to F, but I'm going to be there the same way you are, just a little harder. That's how I train my brain. So it's just different. I'm a different thinker. When you stop and think about all the different times that you did have to reboot and how you, you, you found like new goals and you found new inspiration and you fired up a new discipline and you became right. stronger and harder and you got – one of the things that people always look for in life, they look for a point where they can rest. Yes, sir. Oh, I'm going to retire. <laughs> you know, like people love – they love that expression, the golden years. They love that expression. Yes. You know, they, they love the they love the idea of a struggle as long as it ends, and then when it ends, they're going to have a nice, comfortable spot. It must like, end. Yeah, the must suffering end. must end. Yeah, you should relax, man. You've done so much. That's right. You've really done so much. But this, the idea of reaching this golden year is is it's a very flawed idea mm -hmm. because it's an idea that you're going to you're going to work hard, but then you're going to reach the finish line. But there's no finish line. No. It doesn't exist. That's the scary thing about life, my friend. That is a scary thing, right? And there that's no. what fatigues me. People go, man, why don't you ever smile? There's no fucking end, my friend. <laughs> There's no day. end. There's no end. I didn't. What's funny about this book stuff, man? I didn't set out to write a book. Like literally, man, when I was 24 years old on a couch, fat, spraying for cockroaches, eating donuts and drinking milkshakes. I did not plan on doing this. All I wanted to do was change the fucking reflection in that daggone mirror. This is all this a bob it's 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 a byproduct of of that. And that's and that's the funny thing about it. Like everybody's like, oh my god, David Goggins, what you know what the hell you used to? I'm like, what the fuck? That's why it works though. Unbelievable. It, it it works because you really did do it. You really did do all those things and you show how you did it and you're not using any bullshit theatrical jargon. No. You're not you know, you're you know, you're not saying a bunch of buzzwords. Can you live the life of an actualized no. person? I can show you how. And you're looking at this guy talking, he's got a neck like a pencil and his his, <laughs> his, his body is just frail. Like no. you don't even understand adversity. You don't understand overcoming. This is not the secret, you know. Right. This isn't about yeah. the, the law of fucking attraction. Yeah, exactly. No, this ain't no attraction here, brother. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't no attraction here, man. Yeah, like, this book is love straight that. up. Yeah. They the, love nonsense. Yeah, this is no nonsense, man. It's no nonsense. This is a real self help book, man. This is the real deal. That's how you self help. You self help by people who've done it and you learn what they did and you realize there's no shortcuts. Right. And then you learn to embrace that no shortcut mentality and enjoy enjoy the suffering and the and the, the grind of it. And what we talked about earlier, there's no fucking finish line. It doesn't exist. You know what's funny about that is I have people now. So when I was in the worst part of my life, 
those people want to bring you back in. Those people, it's like, like you can see who you hang out with, like when you're in your worst. And when you're trying to get better, what, what makes it hard to get better is that you are hanging around people who, like, let's say you're an alcoholic. You hang around people who drink. And let's say you want to stop drinking. Those people want to bring you back in. Like I used to be this guy, this guy who was, who, you know, who wasn't worth anything. Now those people who are still there, they're 16, 17, 18, 30 years ago, they're trying to get you back there. So the hardest part, you got to see who you're hanging out with, man. You got to hang out with the people who you want to be like the most. Yeah, people will definitely drag you They'll down. They'll drag you down. And especially if you're around someone who makes a lot of excuses and they're oh. always failing. Oh. Those are just like they're, they're the opposite of inspiration. They're like a vacuum. 100%. They're sucking it out of you. Why are you doing that today, man? Yeah. Why, why are you getting up again so early? Why are you doing this? Why are you yeah. doing this? The people you're hanging around with will suck the fucking life out of you. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to be alone, man. Get your shit in. And then there's also people that you're going to be around that are always failing and always fucking up and then always coming to you to try to get you to help them. Exactly. They become a, a giant burden. Yes. They can never look in the mirror and get their own shit together. And they're it's always looking story. for external help. That's right. Always looking for external help. People don't want to go in deep, man. All the answers are inside of you. It's a very primitive way. How, like how this book is written, it's, it's, it's primitive. It's, it's, it's very barbarian. It's, it's how we all think. It's how, it's, it's how man once walked the earth. And then we get all soft and all these computers and shit. And we, start, and we start going away from the, the most powerful thing we have is our fucking brain. It's our mind. And we don't use it anymore. So, you know, it's like everything has to be so quick. Yeah, you use your mind when it comes to certain things, right? But what you're saying is you don't use your mind when it comes to enduring. Exactly. That is it. You, yeah. you can't Google that shit. Right. Hey, let me Google how to suffer. <laughs> no. That ain't going to be in there, brother. There's no answer. That ain't going to be in there. That ain't going to be in there. <laughs> There's no answer. It's not in there. It doesn't exist. No. Find yeah. some water, real cold. And what's interesting is that that is a mind thing. And people think of mind things. They think of calculating, mathematics. They think right. of literature. No, 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 no. There's many aspects to the mind. That's it. Don't yeah. overthink it. Yeah. Don't overthink it. Put your shoes on. Lace them up. <laughs> That's all you got to do, my friend. <laughs> Don't overthink the process. Yeah, but see, because you've overcome and because you've accomplished so much now that even when you you talk about that moment of like embracing that suck, like you see there's a big ass smile on your face. Like you've you've got a total different approach to it than the average person. Oh yeah, the average person you talk to them about doing chin ups for 24 hours or anything right. fucking crazy, they don't look at it, they're like oh. There's like a, a negative, a doom feeling. That's the thing about it, man. I talk about my book, Open Mindedness. What separates me from a lot of people is they go into an, a daunting task, and the task is overwhelming. Like when I heard the pull-up record was 4,020 pull-ups, and I was talking about breaking this record, people are like, oh, my God. I went right to a pen and paper. They go, what are you doing? I'm doing the math, man. What are you talking about? I'm open-minded to the fact that, okay, if I do five pull-ups on the minute for so many hours, I can get so many pull-ups in. How much time do I have to rest? I was breaking the math down. You have to be open-minded to the possibilities that I can do this. Once you shut your mind down to the possibility that it can be achieved, there's no way it can happen. So that's why my, my eyes and my body light up about things. Because I know that if you're in a fight, you have to attack. You have to keep attacking. The enemy has to know he is not going to give up. You must break the soul of whatever the fuck is in front of you. That's what I realized. I was never breaking the soul of anything in front of me. So that's why I came up with a thing called taking souls in my book. I started to devise ways to break a soul 
of a human being, of a, of an object, of, of, of whatever's in front of me. If you keep on attacking something, nothing wants to stand in front of anything that is relentless. Nothing. But you have to have the will, the heart, the courage to go that distance when you're exactly jacked up. You have nothing left to give and give more. That is an interesting thing about the mind is that you can find inspiration. And when you find inspiration, when you get charged up, all of a sudden you have energy. That's right. It's That's right. It's weird. And I talk about in the book also is about I learned how to control my adrenals. If you know how you know how you get that fight or flight response when you get to move real quick. Yeah. And, you know, I, I started learning the mind a lot how to get myself jacked extremely fast. Like in a horrible environment when everybody's miserable, I learned how to really find strength in the misery when everybody's suffering, everybody's all poopy pants and their mentality's down and everything. I started just like, my God, this is where I shine. And I started using all that misery for tons and tons of tons of drive and motivation to, to, to then lead people further because you can get a lot of power through misery. And once people see that, my God, Goggins is fucking going, then everybody says, Roger that. Let me get my shit and go too. So I started realizing that if you can just find strength just a little bit longer, you will have a crew of people following you along the way. And that is another thing that no one can ever teach you. You're going to have to learn that on your own. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to figure out how to pull that energy out of your mind on your own. There's not... there's. There's no book you can read. Now, all of a sudden, I have it. I've got the technique now. I know how to do it. Yeah. No, it's it's a, a grind that you have to start and finish on your own. You have to take great pleasure in the fact that no one wants to be where the fuck you're at right now. Great pleasure in that. Most makes you know it has to bring a passion out of you. It has to bring something very very weird out of you, man. Like you know, people don't really understand what that is when you're in the worst environment possible, the worst situation possible. And everybody's looking like, God, man, I hope this ends. And you see that. Time slows down and you see that. You're you're feeling that. Everybody has that look on their face like, God, this got to go. I don't want to be here anymore. Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host. Miguel. I like to cover topics from ancient history, great leaders and generals from the past, and I also like to talk about self-realization, truth, critical thinking, and strategic spirituality. Outside the box, nonconformist. I'm here to shatter the myths of the mainstream media and the beta sheeple narrative. Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. My email address is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. My website is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. My Instagram is alphamalebuddhist. And my subreddit is reddit.com forward slash r forward slash alphamalebuddhist. That's my subreddit where you can uh, comment and interact with other listeners. And it's a great forum to sit and have an open dialogue. So, again, thank you for listening and namaste.